0: So what is really going to happen is the uh, the democratizing of architecture. And what I mean with that is that every person that uh, gets a house has the opportunity to adapt it to his liking. And I think that technology will really um, help and cater to that.
1: Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the IBD Hub. Um, I am extremely happy to have you on board once again. Um, My name is Julia De Maro, I'm the host of the IBD Hub podcast. And today we're going to discuss how can we rethink living in the city uh, of tomorrow. And the guest today is David Toll, the founder of Familia, based in Amsterdam. But before uh, getting into uh, the episode, I wanted to do a short introduction um, and do this in a more uh, formal way, let's say, um, and tell you a little bit the story of this podcast, because I haven't really introduced it. um, And perhaps many of you are wondering, how did this all start? Um, So the podcast started three weeks ago now almost four. And it started by me making just a small video on LinkedIn, um, trying to trigger people to um, have a discussion about how they were seeing the future of architecture and construction. Uh, My team and I, we decided to put these discussions as a podcast. Um, We've had listeners going from the USA, Asia and all over Europe, so we're extremely happy that it's gone uh, this wide. Um, And we are willing to take it to the next step, actually, and uh, make this an actual professional podcast um, where we talk about um, innovation, uh, the future of design, the future of architecture. digitalization and uh, the construction and real estate industry Um, so we we are really seeking for people with a completely different point of view we also want to vary the type of episodes so uh, that they're not just um, one-to-one conversation with myself and another guest Um, but we would like to also have roundtable discussion if you're interested in coming up to one of her episodes uh, please send us an email at info at the IBD company.com. Furthermore, um furthermore in the next few weeks we're going to have incredible episodes uh, we already recorded them um, i'm really looking forward uh, for you to listen to to them. Um, so I'm extremely happy today to welcome David Toll, uh, the founder of uh, Familia, uh, an architectural practice based in Amsterdam. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, the future of living in the city. Hi, David. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, your company? Uh, well, my, na- <laughs>
0: my name is David. I'm an uh, architect based in Amsterdam, and I created a, a housing concept specifically for families for in the uh, high dense urban areas. And currently, I'm uh, doing a pilot project in the US, in Chicago. I was uh, asked to be involved in it, in uh, sort of a healing and regenerating uh, neighborhood community. And uh, yeah, that's where. Uh, my project comes in.
1: Today, uh, I am really happy to talk with you about the future of housing and how the users will have different uh, expectations and new requirements, um, and also how um, you think the cities will evolve uh, in the next few years. Um, so we have seen uh, lately that with the COVID-19, the, the requirements for a living area has been different. A lot of people have been struggling um, with having their family around while working and also have enough space for the kids to safely play. And, and so there has been a change in requirements and that probably will have an impact in the future of how we design housing what's your intake on uh, on this
0: well it's two things on that it is uh this pandemic that we have that has a big impact of course uh it's not everlasting it won't change how we build our buildings fully buildings are lasting for at least 50 100 200 years so we have to keep that in mind we don't really should change or Uh, design for our social distancing life. I think that that's not a good way to go. But what I do think and what I think is really interesting is that you now see how uh, our buildings work when you're confined to them a lot more than we are usually. Definitely when you live in big cities, Um, you use the city as an outside space and you use those functions and now you're limited in that that uh, some countries you can't even use the outside space and here uh, luckily in the Netherlands you can limit it Uh, but what you do see is that as what you mentioned that working from home but also keeping your kids at home and you have to homeschool them is uh, definitely something that that should be accommodated inside of the building for the residents. I believe I think that that is something interesting that we can learn that we should maybe think about um, these uh, shared spaces that then can function as either an, an office that you can share it with people from the building uh, or that you can put all the kids there, for example, and that you can uh, homeschool them in that building so that also you can share the load with different parents uh, from the building. So then, for example, you don't need, need like every parent has to teach their own kids, but you can like group it, do like one or two parents in a group, like sort mm-hmm. of a small classroom. And in that way, you can. Uh, do it together in a way and offload pressure of uh, the other family. So I think that those are like interesting things that can be uh, changed or added to the uh, typology of housing.
1: How do you see that evolving uh, in the cities?
0: Well, what I, what I think it's important that you see is that, that there should be uh, space for families in the cities as well. You see there's a big divide happening where families are leaving the cities And uh, because there's no uh, quality, high quality space or outside space for the families. So now with this pandemic, the the problems become even more obvious and even more visible that that there is no uh, real space to play outside for or that there's so many kids have so much energy and they can't really let it go and that really affects how family life works so working from home with kids, smaller kids, older kids it's really hard because they need attention, they need to move, they need to be outside and this is something that is really is missing in, in the city so I think that that is one of the, the biggest changes that should happen to housing is that that there's like a, a in-between space because Um, the public space outside is now so uh, busy there are so many people there that it becomes also anonymous a lot of bringing in more people into a community or in a city also creates anonymity and that makes it hard for parents to just say to the kids yeah go play outside they don't want that because they don't feel safe so what i think is important that we create sort of these new buildings with uh, based on the courtyard typology, a perimeter block typology that creates a safe outside space for kids with uh, a nice high quality and also include like galleries on there that have uh, a little bit more space than they normally have so that you can use it as an outside space. That is not just something where you walk and you go to your house, but it can be a usable space as well. Uh, another thing that I think is really important uh, is prefabrication and off-site construction. What we see now is that costs are raising uh, a lot in construction and that, that should be done efficiently. So for me, it's it's important that we start more thinking into modules and into systems than uh, redoing every building from scratch every time. So that's, that's where my design also is about is that um, it's based on one type of toolbox, it has one set of ingredients, and those are repeated all the time. But they uh, are still uh, changeable and adaptable for aesthetics that they can still uh, be adapted to the context where they are located. But I think that that is like really uh, important next shift that we really go more uh, toward a pre- prefab construction here in the Netherlands. It's something that is already done and it's a um, is more um, advanced than in other countries. But if you look, for example, in the U.S., there's still uh, so much difference in quality uh, and availability in prefabrication. And the third point, I think, is really interesting and also what is really going to happen is the the democratizing of architecture. And what I mean with that is that every person that uh, gets a house has the opportunity to adapt it to his liking and I think that technology will really um, help and cater to that so uh, I'm working on an algorithm that uh, gives people like a base floor plan and with the simple slider system they can uh, adapted to their needs and to their wants, so they can even shift entire rooms from the front side or the back side of the apartment, or they can, for example, shift the size of uh, rooms so the master bedroom is now always the biggest, but maybe the parents say, "Yeah, we only sleep here, we want it smaller, we want bigger rooms for the kids." Those type of uh, simple decisions uh, should be possible and should be accessible to. Uh, first time or new homeowners
1: from your experience and your current client do you think that the developers and the investors are conscious um, that we need a higher quality and a more sustainable building
0: I think so I think that um, you also have a lot of developers that have vision and that really want to uh, change the 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 environment that it's currently at. The people where I'm talking to in the U.S. are really like on the forefront of uh, making change happen. So that has to do with sustainability, uh, constructing okay. everything in wood, prefabricating. So I definitely believe that. Um, uh, that that those developers are out there, and that they really want to make this change happen. Because it always there always have to be a couple of front runners that are going to change it. And those are like um, the people that I'm luckily in conversation with and, and working with. And also because of these new technologies, you create new opportunities uh, to add extra values. Because if you can save cost on, for example, construction, you can make it so much faster. Um, that you can construct it six months faster than normal. People can go faster into their apartment. That makes it that you have to pay um, uh, less interest. So in that way, you create sort of all these financial benefits in the construction of the building. And those, some of these benefits can also be back invested into the building.
1: And uh, also, you mentioned that you're building an algorithm, which I think is really interesting and innovative as well, because um, I've seen it done before by some developers, but I think it's very different coming from uh, a qualified architect um, in terms of settings, but also in terms of quality. Um, but I'm sure that some listener w- might ask if that is not a threat to the job of an architect and designer
0: what Uh, do you think in, in one in one way it of course is but you can't stop technology and you can't stop progression you've seen it in a lot of different businesses and it also creates new opportunity again and it creates new quality and isn't that where it's about creating quality for the new residents and um yeah it, it will bring change and change always leads up to um yeah new opportunity also for for new people but just to say yeah i want to keep my job i don't want to keep architecture all for myself yeah i don't think that that is in the business where we are about we are in the business of creating a good uh, living environment for people and if we can empower them and help them and making it more accessible uh, then I think that's something we should definitely strive for because or else the architect is only accessible for people with uh, enough money to pay for it. And yeah, I believe that that, that should not be uh, only for the happy few, but it should be for everyone.
1: Do you think that this will be the the kind of development of, of the future of the architects in in terms of housing? Cooperate more with developers, have more flexibility for the clients and and really uh, take more of a digital approach in terms of design?
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that um, you see it in all other businesses that digitization is implemented and that it, that it changes how everything works and how it's done. The digitization will bring uh, more people to the table of the decision making. Uh, because instead of like a couple of people deciding how an entire block should live or how they should live their lives. Uh, We see that in uh, other fields where digitization has happened, that a lot of beautiful and new things happen. You can uh, customize everything. You can customize your shoes, you can customize your laptop, you can customize your clothes. But to customize your house, you need an architect, and that is only accessible for people that can afford it. Um, Or you can just work with the walls that you have and you go to... um, home depot and buy stuff and then work on that level but really to decide the size of your rooms and the size of the the, uh, of the space that you really are living in that is something that's uh, not being done yet and i think that that is interesting that when you bring more people to the table and you give them access to um to uh, really invest in how their house looks um if people feel invested in their house they will stay there longer they will invest more in the neighborhood so in that way it extends the quality of the neighborhood but also the effect and the power that it has uh on the structure as a whole if that makes sense
1: uh do you think that uh, mega cities such as new york or paris or hong kong will carry on uh, evolving vertically uh, and having more high rise or do you think that things will change and and health and sustainability will take over and people will start thinking about new ways of living than just simple high-rise?
0: Um, that's a hard one because yes, I think uh, on the one way, uh, on one track, we will still continue doing high-rise. If you look what's happening here in the Netherlands now, there's so much high-rise being built. I'm asking myself, why, why do we need all these towers of 200 meters? We're a simple country, the Netherlands flat, but we're building all these towers. Uh, and what are the qualities of these towers? Because what you see is when you, when you live in a tower, you go into your apartment block, you take the elevator, maybe you see somebody, you know, maybe you see one of your neighbors, but a lot of times you don't, you go into your house. Which ain't that big, so you you go to your small box, which is orientated to the outside. You have no connection with the ground floor. You have no connection with neighboring buildings. It is really tailored to this individual. You only have this beautiful view, which that's that's a plus. That's what you get. But how how does that work, and how how does that make a community work? Because what what you do see is that when you have like twenty to thirty people, uh, families into a community that they still can know each other. And then that's still enough of a mass to form a community, but not too big to become anonymous. And when you have these high towers and you have a lot of people living in there, that's something that you lose. So it creates, it adds up to this, this anonymity and, um, that doesn't benefit the, the feeling of community, the feeling of belonging in a neighborhood, which is important, being invested there. So it really tailors to this uh, individuality that we're now experiencing in a society. And I think that this pandemic could be like a, a, pivoting, point in, a pivoting point in how people uh, think about how they want to live and how they should live and how it will change. But again what you also see is that architecture and construction is always behind it's always like because the developing of projects takes so long that changing it or you always see it happening a couple of years later and then everything uh, the, the the theory behind it has moved already so much further so um it's I think this is definitely a point where people are really scratching behind their ears like, yeah, okay, we should do stuff differently. How are we going to do it? So it's definitely uh, starting a conversation. That's where everything is always about. It starts with a conversation. And that's, that's, I think, how we will change in depth.
1: Yeah, for sure. And ultimately with Familia, what are you trying to aim for? Um, what is the, the big why behind uh, your company?
0: Well, uh, it started actually quite innocent and uh, that is that I became a father myself and I'm living in the center of Amsterdam where, which now because of pandemic is totally empty. It's one of the quietest uh, areas in the city, I believe, but because there are so many tourists and it creates this anonymity and I was really uh, confronted with this, that I can't let my kid go outside as I did in my uh, in my youth, I could go take the bike and just go outside. so that really got me thinking and uh, and analyzing like, okay, how are we living now and what is happening and how can we change it or how can we improve it and That is really that got me going and thinking in okay how can we can we change or adapt the the current housing topology as we know it, and can we add this sort of safe outside space that I used to have when I was growing up? And that, after two years of development, that led to, led to this concept. And now, um, as I mentioned, I'm now working on a pilot project in Chicago. And there, it really uh, what we really want to achieve is creating all these small communities that can really get hey, people back into the area because it is a, a disinvested neighborhood. Uh, so we can get people back, we can get like the local baker back, we can get to the, the a grocery store back, so we create a business, we create opportunity for small businesses, but also create these small communities that people at least know each other, and when you do these small injections in the area, then you will see that it will flourish and grow again, and that other people will also uh, invest into the area, and that it will grow over time, so it's really about, healing communities and healing neighborhoods and, and giving it um, back to the people instead of becoming this uh, uh, neighborhood where you have a lot of vacancies, and a lot of open spaces. So on the one side is really about healing. And on the other side, it's also in a way, if you look at Amsterdam, for example, and you build these type of building, it's also healing in a way that you give families uh, a space in the city again because now they're sort of pushed out of uh, the center Uh, they either move to different cities or they move really to the outskirts where you just have a ground-bound house and a garden but really living inside the the center is not happening anymore so in that way you're healing uh, the city as well that you give it back to Everybody, and not just for the people that are here on holiday or uh, that are just working here and like to live in the sea.
1: Well, David, thank you so much again uh, for coming on to this episode. The whole content uh, and overview you gave us was absolutely amazing. So, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm gonna put uh, David Toll's uh, LinkedIn and Familia's website in the description of the episode. Um, I also know that uh, Familia has a great uh, Instagram account. I will link it uh, below as well. Please go check it out. But also follow us on Instagram, uh, on LinkedIn and on Facebook at the IBD hub or the IBD company. Um, We have loads of content coming up, um, loads of articles of information Um, so don't forget us the link is also in the bio below and for the rest I hope you have a great week and I'm looking forward to next week's episode